You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to SSPN, everybody. I'm Ethan Quintero. With me, as always, is Jude McLaren. I think you're to my left this time. Yes, right? yes. Yes, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> and we are here recapping for you guys the San Antonio Spurs' unfortunate loss to the Indiana Pacers, 131-118. to uh, It was a very frustrating game for me personally, Jude, but why don't you go ahead and get us started? Just what are you feeling, just kind of overall vibes about this game? Yeah, it definitely was a frustrating game. I feel like, honestly, though, the Mavericks game, the last game we did on Spurs Tube TV, that was more frustrating than this one. I felt like I was able to kind of keep a level head watching this and just I didn't feel like we were playing terrible at the beginning, even when things were going bad. What's up, Abdi? Good to see you in here. Um, But at the same time, obviously, they continued to go bad. (laughs) So the defensive effort was just... I mean, it, it, we were not only were they going crazy, but we were kind of giving them like wide open shots. Also, um, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more. But I think honestly, the biggest thing that like our issues stemmed from tonight was size. It was just I mean, we couldn't get through Sabonis's screens like right above the top of the key. And mm-hmm. whenever they did that, that was just giving them wide open threes, whether it was Duarte, uh, freaking Keelan Martin was like I, I was like, I didn't know he was like that from three. Um, I mean, I, the list goes on and on, but really, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what was giving us issues the, the entire night. Um, you know, this is something that kind of goes back to last year where it works against some teams, but you know, when you're playing a team like the Pathers who play, uh, Sabonis and Miles Turner together, and they're both, you know, uh, you know, it's like Sabonis isn't like a sniper from three and neither is Miles Turner, but they can hit it. You know what I mean? They can stretch the mm-hmm. floor. So you've got two dudes who are six eleven, can play physical in the post, but then also can stretch the floor and like so they can play kind of the pace that the Spurs were playing. And then on top of that, you know, basically out rebound them um, at, at every turn. And so you saw that we, you know, we'd have guys on one or two of those guys you know, whichever one, if it was Miles or Sabonis, we'd have like three to two guys on them and it just wasn't enough. I mean, we, we just weren't big enough. If if Yach or whoever was playing, um, well, I mean, Thad was just kind of, he, he had some good plays. I don't want to, you know, crap on him too much, but he was going to get outsized regardless. Um, you know, we, we saw some, some good plays from Eubanks there, but I mean, we even saw still mistakes on the defensive end there as well. Um, so really... It was just it was just a big sigh. That was the best way that I can describe this game, Ethan. It was it was a big sigh because I'm thinking about Jakob Pertl now and I'm like, this is probably his worst game of the season. Not and it wasn't even a bad game. It was just probably like his least like impactful for performance that we've had this year whenever yeah. it comes to especially holding down the paint. Um and to be fair, a lot of that wasn't his fault because we were just having to switch and like and this goes back to something that kind of we talked about with Luca how you don't want him getting switched on to smaller defenders. And that was continuing to happen tonight where there were multiple times where Derek White was having to guard Miles Turner. And so when you can't stop the switches and 
you know, our guards just aren't big enough to get through Sabonis' screens at the top of the key. That just led to wide-open shooters all night. They got hot, and then on top of that, they were 1-6 coming into this game dealing with a lot of injuries. This was literally their Bucks game. Like, we just had yeah. that Bucks win. This was their version of that for them, um, except they were even more on fire offensively, obviously, than we were. Um, but that's kind of my main takeaway is just... The size was really, I felt like that was just integral to everything. I saw a tweet from Zach Montana, shout out to him, uh, and he was talking about how, man, this is a game where you'd love to have Zach Collins. So I can't wait to, you know, I can't wait to see what it looks like, you know, matching up and see if, you know, we can play him at the four a little bit. Um, And that was the other thing too, Ethan, I would have liked, I think this is a night I would have liked to see a Eubanks or a Jock Landale at the four type of thing. And I know that, like, you know, I defer to the Spurs coaching staff on everything. They know more about basketball than I do. But I was a little bit confused when things were going really bad and it was all kind of stemming from that size. I was like, maybe we could see a little bit of one of them or even throw Thad in at the four, even though it's not spacing. Like, just do something to, like, combat their size. And we were just like, nope, we're going to keep playing this way. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Pop was just kind of like, whatever. I mean, we saw that when DeJounte checked out, it was... It was game over for him. Only 26 minutes tonight, even though he played phenomenal. So those are kind of my overall thoughts. What do you think? I think you hit it right on the nail with the whole lack of size being our biggest flaw tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have loved to have seen, I don't know why we consistently avoid it. And that's putting Mm -hmm. Thaddeus Young at the four and, you know, Jakob or Eubanks at the five or even Jock because he came in late in the game. I don't know why we continue to avoid that lineup when it seems to me that makes the most sense, especially when you're playing against a team that has such quality big men. And I know Thaddeus is still a little bit outsized um, at that four spot compared to a, a Sabonis, but at least he's a better matchup than Keldon trying to guard him yeah. or let's say uh, Kade Bates Diop trying to guard him. I still have more faith in Thaddeus because he's played that spot for a majority of his career. And he's I thought he's been playing pretty well. I know he sometimes he looks a little bit lost or a little bit uninterested at times. I think that's just because he's such is a veteran surrounded by all these young players, plus he's in a new system. But overall, I liked his impact, his ability to kind of playmake from that high post area definitely his invaluable yes his defense has always been pretty pretty stand up he's always an aggressive guy trying to get you know boards and stuff like that i don't understand why we don't do that more often especially since he's not getting that many minutes anyway i don't know why he's only getting 15 minutes a game tonight because he definitely deserved more than just 15 minutes the way he was playing in my opinion and offensively it was just way too sloppy, and I think part of it is Indiana the crazy thing is though out. we didn't even play bad. That's the crazy thing is it was a yeah. sloppy night offensively, and if this is against you know a team that's not going crazy like the Pacers, maybe you pull out this game. So that's just another little kernel of positivity. But back to you, <laughs> I just it, it shows the holes in our offensive game because we can't we couldn't beat them in transition because our defense was not able to get any stops partly because Indiana was so hot from the field and then partly because when they have two of those juggernauts down low we have to send double teams and they're given wide open threes to Holiday and Duarte and all these And the guys. double teams don't even stop it. Like Exactly. They're so just we not were, big enough. It's not def- their fault. It's not bad defense. They're just mm-hmm. not big enough. <laughs> so defensively we're just, we, just the matchups were a nightmare and we weren't able to stop anybody which completely eliminated our fast-paced game. So it put us immediately into these half-court sets, which we aren't very good at anyway. And then Indiana's defensive scheme was 
perfect because they knew exactly what we love to do. And that's shout uh, out Rick Carlisle. Yes, yes. It's it's, it's uh, dribble handoffs, like screen and rolls, and that's basically our entire half court offense. So what they were doing is they were just you know getting high up on those pick and rolls and swarming the ball handler because they're they're so much bigger than we are, and our guys couldn't you know, dish the rock to Jakob who was rolling to the paint. And then our guys were hitting shots, obviously. Yes. We were trying to force feed our rolling guys, which was, you know, we were just giving them the ball right back and then they were hitting shots in transition. So we just couldn't find an offensive rhythm and defensively the matchups like you and I talked about with their size difference was just way, way too much to, um, to get over, but we can get in a little bit more details here in a bit because I have a few questions I want to throw at you, but let's, let's go to our main segments here, which was, you know, the first one, offensive MVP, Jude, who are you picking for offensive MVP? Uh, it's gotta be DeJounte Murray. I know he only played 26 minutes tonight, but he was the only one that really looked in rhythm all night. I mean, the way that his threes look tonight, that is such a good sign moving yeah. forward. If he can continue to do that, DeJounte has just been on a tear. Um, and this was just another example of, you know, even in a night that was just, you know, nothing really went right for the Spurs. It felt like, you know, things were going right for DeJounte. So, you know, we know about just the way that his bag is going and, and the way that he's always had it. Um, but now it feels like it's getting more consistent. And once again, going back to the three point shooting, I mean, if we can get three for three out of DeJounte, uh, that was a tie for actually his career high tonight. Oh no, he went three for five. My bad. Um, but still when he was, when he was three for three, that this is tied his career high for most threes in a game. So I think that we can see, uh, hopefully later, uh, DeJounte hitting some more threes. That would be, that would be huge for the offense. A good sign. It's just one game. Um, but it seems like it's getting better and better every year. So yeah, DeJounte was really like TSR said just now on a tear in that first quarter with those 14 quick points. I thought maybe he would just be enough offensively to keep us in the game and keep it competitive to the very end. It didn't happen, but I'm going to go in a different direction here and go with my man Trey Jones, who had 18 minutes tonight. From what he showed me, I know it's a small sample size, and he was playing pretty much the bench of Indiana when we were already guaranteed a loss pretty much toward the end of the game. But four for five for nine, he only missed one three, and he was really facilitating very well. He played with great tempo. He had a great chemistry with Jacques Landale, which I was very excited to see. And even with guys like, uh, I think it was Kata Bates Diop and Thaddeus Young, he was able to kind of get the offense moving. Like It was very stagnant in the first three quarters, especially when DeJounte wasn't there. We were really struggling to get to the paint, which caused a lot of our, our, a lot of our struggles, and he was able to kind of get around that and kind of kickstart us into into the right direction because this game was a lot worse um, toward like the middle of the fourth quarter. Like the, the it was like a twenty six point lead at one point I think, or twenty five point lead, and we cut it down to thirteen, which is still not a great a great sign. But still, it was Trey Jones' ability to be that natural point guard um, that I was really excited to see. And of course, Jacques Landale played very well in his five minutes of play. He only he had ten minutes. Two of our, two those two guys were really. I think. Okay, there were four positive players in plus minus tonight. They were two of them. Mm-hmm. Drew Eubanks was one and Kata Bates as well. Uh, but those two in their in their trash minutes at the end of the game, uh, very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought up Trey Jones. Um, that was something that uh, I'm actually going to talk about a little bit later because the way that he was cutting um, was just just phenomenal. I mean, and the other thing also about Trey Jones, I know he only took the one three and it didn't go in, but that still looked good. Yeah, it uh, did. Well, I know. 
obviously one shot like you know yeah. <laughs> you can't say that this is how oh, he's going to be an amazing three-point shooter now but at the same time it looks like okay you know he can be he can be a guy who can make some shots if he's wide open um he's not a non-factor from there at least and just kind of want to go back to something i saw in the comments from tsr sports shout out to you being in here my man Bridge. um on a tear and with 14 in the first quarter but to the rest of the way for DeJounte that is a good point I didn't even really I didn't even realize that until you yeah. said that I was just the first thing that came into my mind it was like he was the only guy who had really taken over throughout the game so another what you got Ethan I forgot I wrote this down okay. why did DeJounte Murray when he came out of the game in the first quarter he did not come back into the game until a minute and a half left in the second quarter he didn't play at all and that's they, when they went on that run Mm-hmm. And so I don't understand the rotations. The like, do you understand why that would be the case? Like, I don't know why we didn't put it back no. in earlier. Yeah, that that's a little confusing to me. Um, and I think that that might have to do kind of also going back to Trey Jones. I forgot to mention this earlier, but I think that they're testing this out a little bit because as we've seen this year, Derek has not really been other than the first game. We just really haven't seen too much playmaking from him, and it seems like he's just more effective as a two at this point. Um, And so I think they're kind of bringing that's another reason why they're bringing in Trey Jones and kind of played him in that second quarter because they were trying to get some, you know, somebody else who can kind of run the offense. And you saw that even late in the game where Trey was like, hey, Lonnie, like get to your spot. Like Trey knows the offense. He's a true, true point guard. Um, So I think that's they're just trying to get another person in there like, you know, a true point guard in the sense. I know DeJounte didn't come in the league as a true point guard, but he's kind of turned into that for the Spurs offense. Um so I a question for you. Yes, dude. yes. It's kind of on topic. That's why I'm going to ask it now. So Bryn Forbes, we both like him being on the team now. I know we were both skeptical during the signing because we wanted Trey Jones to get more minutes, but we like his ability to shoot and play off ball. But as I watched this game, I kind of realized we don't run a lot of plays for Bryn Forbes to come off screens and do what he does best, and that's shoot the ball. And he, he was gets, three for three tonight, actually. Yes, overall. exactly. And most of them, I think all three of them were spot up transition. They were left threes. corner. Yeah. They're, they're both corner. I don't know. There's yeah. one in the left corner, at least. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. They're, he's running in transition. He's spotting up in his spot, and we're finding him with the extra press. Great, great stuff. I love to see it. But when we're not playing well in transition, like we weren't tonight, you got to involve him in the offense in some way. Like we run plays for Doug McDermott, who's a great shooter, but we don't seem to run those same plays for Bryn but we still let him have the ball in his hands. And I don't want him to have the ball in his hands because I'd much rather Lonnie or Trey, if you're going to play Trey, handle the ball in those scenarios. But I still like Bryn Forbes. So what are you seeing there? Do you have an opinion on that at all? I just think we need to run more plays for him like we run plays for Doug McDermott. Like yeah. that, that we just need to run him off screens more. I'm I'm cool with him, obviously, getting you know spot up threes if he's wide open but i think you know just running him off of screens whatever it's floppy you know whatever it may be uh an elevator play like you know whatever you want to do um just kind of run stuff like with patty last year like literally just use him like patty yeah i wish we would because it seems like our only play for him is dribble handoff and he's too small unfortunately and not enough of a, a ball handler to play make so he almost is like a, he's not a really, liability. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a point guard. He, he's he's not. Yeah, Bryn is not the guy that's going to really. I mean, like, yes, we we know that he can 
you know, have like that little step back move that he does. But like, yeah. you know, that's like not like what you want Bryn Forbes to be doing. You'd much rather just have him, you know, playing off ball, you know, moving around, you know, and when he gets the ball, catch and shoot. But, yeah. you know, he's he's having to try to beat defenders off the dribble because that's just our offense. And that's another thing that I kind of saw tonight was just once again, like you said, these dribble handoffs, like it, it just felt like, OK, let's pass it around. Everybody's going to try to see if they can make something happen. And then if it doesn't, they're just going to pass it. And everybody's just on the perimeter until they can beat somebody off the dribble. And then if they can't beat, you know, if it's like in the first couple moves, they just stop. Like, or Lonnie loses his handle, he just passes off. I'm like, no, just like pick it back up. And like, you were doing good. Like, yeah. you had a chance to beat him off the dribble. But everybody just like gives up. They don't have something like immediately that they see one on one. So that at least tonight, that's what I saw. Yeah. So. In the comments, if you think we're wrong, if you think we're running plays for Bryn tell us but i'm pretty sure we haven't run that many yeah. like sets for him to shoot threes but um we're running it a lot with doug so it's like exactly. we can run plays so <laughs> hey thank you tsr we appreciate you rich you are the man we <laughs> we're working on it that's the dream that's the dream y'all shout out to rich and uh y'all can go check out his play-by-plays i gotta go watch that after this game but moving on to kind of our next thing here ethan i know this is gonna be this is probably the toughest question tonight is defensive yeah. mvp because you know there wasn't much defense for the spurs nope. tonight but but who do you got <laughs> oh man honestly i'm gonna have to go with Devin. that's who i have too he had two steals in a block and i know that's just stats but he's still he still had the impact that Devin always seems to have. Well, he was on that one steal. Like he put his hands up and made yeah. it happen. And I know it was garbage time, but still, like you're giving effort. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. TSR's got the right idea. Yeah, Devin seemed to be the only guy that actually had defensive impact tonight. Like actual, yeah. actual like presence on the court. Everyone else, uh, I mean, Indiana was just really, really hot. And um, Dejounte was solid as always. Yeah, Derek, Derek played fairly well. Um, also defensively when I've been paying attention to him more I know Derek didn't play that well overall tonight um, he still like when you watch him like defensively and granted it kind of got worse as the game progressed but at the beginning of the game he was giving some guys trouble and I can kind of see like why he's leading the league and you know opponent field goal percentage um, but I had Devin too and it was just mainly because of those steals but another thing also with Devin that he's still doing a really good job of and I feel like he does I mean he's a good He's a good rebounder in general. Like we're seeing that improve much more, but especially on the defensive end, uh, there yeah. were a couple plays tonight where if he didn't use his full vertical and full effort going for the ball, you know, we wouldn't have got that board. And even if he tipped it out to somebody or if he got it himself, because there were a couple plays where it, you know, it, it, he didn't necessarily get the rebound, but he, him fighting for it allowed somebody else in the team to uh that was huge as well because we wouldn't have had those possessions and you know this is super little kind of in this type of game but Pause. he he was the one right <laughs> but uh man i don't know if i can keep talking now <laughs> but i know what is, devin's was like the only bright spot relatively on defense tonight so yeah that was that was really about it there Drew well, had a nice block, but yes, uh, he didn't play very one. much. <laughs> yeah, he had one nice, really, really good block. Otherwise, he didn't really do much tonight. Yeah. Well, we also got an unsung hero tonight. 
Uh, Ethan, I know that once again, not too many options to choose from just overall in any category for the guys. Uh, but if you had to pick somebody who played well, but went a little bit under the radar, who'd you pick? He played well. He did get beat a lot, but I already talked about Trey and Jacques, so I'm going to go with Keita Bates-Diop. Um, okay. He just played his consistent level of, of you know, gritty, defensive-minded, going to score whenever it presents itself to him. He's not going to demand the ball, sets good screens. He didn't do anything really above and beyond, um, but he, didn't, he was not the reason we lost, so yes. I'm going to give it yeah. to him. Yeah, I, I like that pick. Uh, mine was Trey Jones. You picked him as the offensive MVP. I, yeah. I'm totally cool with that. And it's just, I mean, his off-ball movement and the way that he's kind of setting up our offense and already knows how to do it at such a young age. Um, I'm really excited that he's getting minutes this year. And, you know, you said it all in the offensive MVP section. So he was my guy. And Thad is off, obviously another option as well. Made some mistakes. Everybody did tonight. But his passing uh, from the top of the key and just in general uh, is really yeah. solid. And obviously him and Trey had had a lot of connection. But, you know, I'm mentioning this and I'm forgetting actually probably the best candidate is Jock Landale. I know it's like two or whatever minutes and it's garbage time, but he was still playing a little bit against Sabonis. And Goga Batazzi is is no like, yes, he's not an NBA all the player defender like you know what I'm saying but he's not yeah. a slouch or anything it's not like he was playing against a bum um and the way that he, he stroked that three um he just did everything right in in the garbage time I know it's garbage time but still he, he did he did such a good job like I was just like yeah. wow this would have been this is I feel like if he would have been playing the entire game maybe this would have you know we would have had a little bit better matchup size wise um and like y'all were saying in the comments earlier, uh, this is a guy who could have gotten minutes at the four. I'm going to go back to my man chilling with cats. Uh, nice name, by the way. Um, this is a lot of a lot of y'all don't see him as a rookie. TSR mentioned this is an MVP in you know big games, and it seems like that he would have been uh, a solution tonight. It's not guaranteed, but with what we have, we saw from him. It was like, oh, this would have been nice, you know, the rest of the game. And that's why we went on a little run at the end of the game. I think also, obviously, garbage time contributes to that as well. But and, and maybe I'm taking too much from this, Ethan. But it seems like people in the comments are also like, play this dude. Um, yeah. So that's how I felt also. He, he's an unsung hero tonight in the limited, limited time he had. Yeah, four for four. Here's, here's our man, Million. So. Yeah, he definitely deserves some kind of playing time. I hate that he's just kind of sitting on the bench doing absolutely nothing, especially when we're getting beat like because so of size. Badly. And exactly. he's six eleven, two fifty. I still, I, to, I'm gonna take that to my grave, Jude. I gotta ask Pop. I gotta find his phone number and just call him. <laughs> Why are we not playing two big men at the same time? Because I mean, they're big men, but they're not. Like Thaddeus can play the four, but he's really like a four three, but he's big enough to help us out. And then Drew can play the four. Even Jock can play the four a little bit. And tonight it's like spacing's not an issue because you're playing yeah. Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. And like they can hit getting, it, but so can all our bigs, you know? Yep. We're already getting destroyed. So, like, might as well throw it out there and see if it sticks, you know? We, 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 yeah. Like, we didn't play we had nothing to lose. that long. Yeah, Jakob <laughs> didn't even play but 22 minutes. So, like, you, weren't, you clearly weren't trying to win the game at a certain point. You know what I mean? I just – I didn't understand the – tactic here with our rotations uh, i just didn't didn't understand that yeah it seems like everybody else is kind of on the same page as us right now 
just, you know, talking about playing somebody, even Thad Young, whoever. Um, yeah. Hashtag more minutes for Jock. I love it. Um, and then also want to give a shout out, Reed Edwards. Thank you, my man, for being in here. Thank you, everybody, for being in here. Million, we see Millennial Movies, Guillermo, Yoga, um, OTO as well. So we appreciate you guys being in here. Million, I don't think that he's in the doghouse. I think he's just a rookie. Um, and hopefully, you know, he'll just keep working and practice and, and earn those minutes because he looks great. He really mm-hmm. looks great. Um, and here's what OTO has to say about this. He thinks it's only a matter of time with Jock. It's possible that Pop could be feeling him out with the little time he gets. That is a good point. Yeah. I think he's getting minutes for a reason. Um, and dudes can earn minutes on this team. That's for sure. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see more of that. And that, and that can kind of help with the size issue tonight. I got a question for you, Jude. Mm-hmm. Why is it? It seems like for some reason, every time we come off a screen and we're looking to make a play, either pull up from mid range, kick out for a three or drop it off to the roller. We pick up our dribble way too quickly, it seems like. Yes, yes. And that's like why I feel like Lonnie loses his handle sometimes. And it's yes. so it's so weird. It's like it's they they must be being told to do that. And yeah. Drew and Yaka like, do it too. I don't like that at all. <laughs> like at, at one point Drew picked it up and was like gonna hand it off, but he like realized he couldn't, it was gonna get picked. So he like picked it up and like waited. And then he threw it. He just literally threw it out of bounds. And I was like, "What are y'all doing? Stop picking up the ball! Like, just yeah. try and make it's, something." It's happen. guards and it's uh, and it's and our it's bigs. Big. Yeah, like it's just, I don't know. It's weird, but you know, another thing that we can talk about, Ethan. You know, when we're talking about these bigs, and we're seeing in the comments as well. You know, everybody's talking about you know guys jock earning minutes, and and a lot of that has to do with floor spacing as well, um, and just size. This would be another night where it would have been really nice to have Zach Collins. Um, yes. So I kind of just want to talk to you and kind of swing. I have a question for you about this. Do you think it's realistic to think that he'll get minutes at the four? Or do you think that they're just going to run this like, you know, all our bigs are just going to be fives? Uh, I, I don't even know at this point. because Yeah. That's a good answer, to be honest. I don't know either. That's why I asked you. Because Pop has completely (laughs) flipped his, like, ideology as far as what he wants to run at the four and the five. Because remember a couple years ago, he was running LaMarcus and Jakob next to each other at the four and the five. And fans were all up in arms because they're both very slow at that point. And we were like, we can't do this. We got to go a little bit smaller. So it almost seems like Pop was like, you know what? Screw it. Y'all want to go small? We're going to go small, and we're never going to go back to big. Because he only, <laughs> from that point on, he's only played a center and then, like, three guys that can play two, three, or four. Like, it's at the well, – yeah, it's like yeah, a weird it, thing. I don't know what he's going to do. It's frustrating to me, too, because at the beginning of the year, he was like, hey, like, depending on who we're playing, that's what our match – like, that's how we're going to determine our lineups. And mm-hmm. that's not what's happening at all. We're sticking with the same starting lineup every game. Yes. And so, like, this tonight, if we played the Rockets, I don't think we would have had an issue with the starting lineup. But mm-hmm. we're not playing – and I know I use them as an example a lot. But, like, any team that's playing small ball, we wouldn't have an issue with. You know, unless it's, like, the Warriors or something or, like, a really good team that's better than us. Yeah. But – Against a team like this, this is like the most opportune time to play Thad Young and Yaka. I mean, maybe you don't want them two on the floor at the same time, but but a Eubanks and a, and a Landale at the floor, something mm-hmm. like that. We've been talking about it all time, but it's just like you said that, and then this is like the perfect time to do it, and you're not doing it. So 
I would, and I know it's still, we're still what? This is still game six. So lots of things could change, lots of season left. But as of right now, uh, that's, that's very, you know, Papa's lying to us, man. He's lying. I know. He literally has not changed the lineup at all. Other than other than an injury, an injury. Exactly. But yeah. And we're missing Doug. We're missing missing Doug Doug. too. He adds an entire layer to our offense that we clearly don't have just like a comfortability thing that we can always kick it out to somebody who's able to shoot. Cause right now our starting lineup, if Derek's not hitting, who's, who's shooting the ball? DeJounte Murray's our best, our best three point shooter off the, off the starting lineup. And that's uh, a little strange to think about. Uh, And about the bigs thing, we really don't need to play bigs that often, like you said. Like, the next games we have Mavericks, Magic, Thunder, Kings, Mavericks. None of those games would we need to play Bad and Jakob or anything like that. Like, how many teams do we need to play two two bigs together? It's like the Pacers are one of the few teams in the league. Like, just do it for one game. Pacers, (laughs) Lakers, Sixers. And you got to really think about it after that. You're like, I don't even know. And and maybe Pop just was like, you know what, Thad's held or not Thad, but Keldon's held his own. We'll be fine tonight. They got so many guys injured, and then maybe he was just like, it, maybe they watched the game and they're like, okay, yeah, this is a problem. But if that's the case, it's like, why didn't you put in somebody? Because if that was his line of thinking, you'd think that he would then go to like the two bigs, you know, or at least play like Kieta Bates at the four, like the whole game. Like he's at least he's like six, eight, you know, like when I was watching him, like, yeah, maybe he's not as big as those guys, but at least he can like, you know, get a hand in their shot every time. But, you know, I'll never understand the playing Kata and Thaddeus at four and a five, though. That just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. I don't, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, that was, that was weird. Um, and, you know, I think Katz over here brings up a really good point, too, because a lot of times with injuries, and especially with the Spurs, you know he's going to come back on a minutes restriction. So, I mean, that's what happened with, you know, uh, with DeJounte when he had his ACL thing. That's what happened with Derek when he had foot stuff. Um, so, even when we bring Zach Collins back, history tells us that he's probably not going to get like a big role, you know, mm-hmm. just to start. Obviously, this year is different. Anything could happen. Who knows? But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And this uh, this is interesting. Um, I think that I think that we can win some games, you know, playing Yach and and Drew as as we have. But uh, we definitely like having. I, I think that also, if you want to count that comment, you can count Doug McDermott as a big. I know he's not a big, but he's six eight and is a forward and like we said i mean just having somebody in the front court who can shoot consistently is so huge for the spurs and and we're seeing that um with Doug out i know that they also just won a game against the bucks but it was like you know dejounte went crazy and another stat that i also realized tonight the spurs are 2 and 0 uh when derek white scores more than 15 when Derek White scores less than 15 points, the Spurs are 0-5. That is another stat that I realized tonight um, that I haven't thought of or didn't even think about and see until now. So I know obviously he's not the entire team and like Derek could have a great game and everybody else could suck and we could lose. But that's just something to kind of keep an eye on as the season progresses. When he has a solid scoring night, you know, like 15, anywhere in that kind of 15 to 20 range, he doesn't have to go crazy. Uh, we usually have a chance to win, so... 
I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Definitely need more. All right. I, I know we've been talking about stuff uh, kind of all over the place, but just to get into our final two segments here uh, yes. and kind of condense our thoughts a little bit, uh, what were some things <laughs> that, that we looked good at tonight? Uh, if we had to pick some positives. <laughs> For somehow we ended up with 34 assists as a team, which is yeah. pretty good. And also somehow we ended up shooting 50% from three. I'll take that as well as a team. Those are two very good stats. Obviously, it goes to show you that stats don't show everything because we yes. did not play well. <laughs> um, but if we can continue getting in that 30 range for assists and getting closer to 50% every night from three, I will take that. Now we just have to work on the other things that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, still, the main thing for me is just it goes back to Trey Jones and and um, and Thaddeus Young, mm-hmm. the cutting that they have, the off ball movement. We oh, didn't yeah. see it as much from Derek. We just talked about how we need to see it from Bryn, but we haven't. Um, if we did that more, I feel like that would get us way more open shots. Like, and the thing is, you can move the ball. Like still, it's not like Dejounte has to sit at the top of the key. All right, let's set this floppy, and everybody knows what's happening, and he's running off the screen. You don't have to do that. You can swing it around for a little bit while somebody's moving off ball. Like it's not. It doesn't. You can. Uh, the ball doesn't have to stop when we're when we're running these plays too. So we, we just need more off ball movement, uh, and we saw it a little bit, like I said. But we need that from the whole team, and that kind of leads in because there's not too much. Good stuff. Uh, where can we get better um, moving forward? I think it's just offensive chemistry and understanding the plays and working on cohesion and ball movement, like you said. It, the ball is it's moving, but it's moving way too slow, and we're getting extremely predictable as far as how we like to score. Uh, we need to involve Keldon a little bit better. We need to involve Bryn a little bit better. And if we can just do those two things, uh, hopefully everything will start picking up pace a little bit and we'll get some momentum because our whole team right now is based on momentum. And if we don't have the momentum, we're not going to win. And that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I liked what Yoga said here. And I kind of want to ask you about that because it's just very interesting that they didn't make any adjustments throughout the game i didn't even think about that i feel like in other games there's been like some sort of adjustments you you know what i'm saying but this one there was there was just absolutely nothing and like i said earlier you know Dejounte only got Dejounte got pulled out and Jakob got pulled out and those have really been our two staples this year that have those are kind of the guys who have kept us in games you know overall Mm -hmm. um and so do you think that they just kind of were like screw this game like whatever I don't know if that was the mentality, but one. I mean, of you always sort of try to win, but it kind of felt like they were just like they just gave it up. It definitely, it definitely felt that way, and the energy it definitely the seemed way, way off, in my opinion. But one of the announcers, I don't know if you were watching um, the Indiana announcers or not. I was actually I, on the Spurs. You were part, okay. yeah. So I was happy. I was happy. Yeah. I got Bill. Lane I was the watching show, the but. Indiana guys, and they weren't the, the color commentator was pretty pretty average. I don't know if anybody knows who who he is. I don't know who he is, but he was a player of some kind, and he said because he knows pop uh he played for pop i think Uh, he said this is definitely a teaching moment for popovich he's not going to bail them out he's going to make them play through it and try and overcome the adversity because they're a young team and they need to get these out of the way and i understand that but as a fan 
you don't like that because you want them to try and win the game. And I don't mind them using this as like a, a learning experience, a teaching moment. But it felt like to me where people are going to be upset with Pop is that he did it too early. He he started that teaching moment in like like the second quarter. The second quarter, yeah, yeah. yeah. When when you should really wait till like the fourth or something, like the beginning of the fourth quarter. Like, see if you can go on a third quarter run, get some momentum back. And Pop didn't even give it a chance. It, it felt like to me, like, and that's why we saw Trey Jones in the second quarter. I think he was just like, all right, well, let's throw Trey out there, and let's. This is a good game to get him some minutes, yeah. you know, <laughs> and see what this looks like. And it's like, uh, dude, I don't know. It, it would be different if I didn't feel like we were talented enough to beat this team, but we 100% are. Like, we just beat the Bucks, And I know yeah. that it's an early season game. Like, last year we beat the, the Clippers and the Lakers, but this is a different team than last year. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so it's just, I, I feel like I've been saying that. Too. In my life, this is a completely side note. I've been saying you know what I'm saying at the end of my sentences, like in, like, too much i don't know, you know what I i've mean? just been i've just been noticing i've been saying that even just in normal conversations i'm like i don't mean to it just comes out um i want to talk about something else too that we have here in the comments from our man diamante shout out to you being in here uh drew is playing less and less minutes every game and i'm not even necessarily mad at it um because they're they're he's good offensively but he's just and, and we he can block shots but he just guys just run past him too much um, and get easy layups and so I understand like why he's getting less and less minutes but I don't think that Thad is the answer like I really think that Jock Landale is <laughs> yeah I would I would lean toward that as well I don't like Thad at the center at all there's no, no. scenario he's just where I would not want him to be center yeah. it's not a center he came in as a he's small forward enough. and he became a power forward and he's played power forward most of his career I don't know why we would move him to the center it doesn't make any sense I agree with you but I think part of the reason Drew Eubanks is struggling defensively is because I don't know why our team just – it seems like we refuse to, like, get over screens and stay with our man. Like, I know it's hard mm. to get over screens, but it felt it feels like to me we're, like, relying on the switch way too much. And unfortunately, that puts guys like Eubanks and even Pirtle in very unfortunate positions where now all of a sudden they're guarding Duarte or – I know we didn't play tonight, but like a Brogdon or yeah. something. And we're just, we're stuck here in this situation. And I know I'm not a coach and clearly they know way more than I do, but it, I don't even know if, do you understand what I'm saying? Like their body language yeah. is I feel like they're fighting over that screen to stay with their man. It's like, yeah. Oh, Drew, you get on. There's a screen. I'm just going to stay yeah. over here. And it's like, it's, yeah. not, it's not what you want to do. Cause you're giving just, them exactly what they want. Yeah. You run into the screen. Oh, I, I can't get through Sabonis. So I'm just going to, you know, kind of try to move through them. And so, yeah. And easy. I'm not trying to make an excuse for, for you. I don't know I how mean, we happening, made. <laughs> it's happening to everybody. I mean, clearly <laughs> Eubanks wasn't playing very well tonight. Uh, he only played five minutes, but like, like that's just a, like a team wide thing. I don't know why we we're doing that. Cause I don't care if it's Derek on, on um, Sabonis or DeJounte trying to guard miles Turner. It's happening way too much. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a lot of Jock Landale love in the chat right now, and I get where everybody's coming from. I think why I was a little bit apprehensive is just because it's a first-year thing, but I I think as the season is progressing, and I know it's still like only like two minutes or whatever, but still, I mean, he didn't even make a mistake when he went in in those two minutes, 
And on top of the size thing, on top, yeah. like that would just help us tremendously against any team. Um, and I think that we're seeing more and more, like TSR said earlier, uh, this dude is a MVP, you know, in a finals in a professional basketball league. And yeah, Diamante, I'm with you. Eubanks yeah. has not played well. He's not. I mean, he's he's he. The one good thing that he's done this year is hit some good hook shots, and he missed that one tonight. Um, you know, he he plays hard always, and that's why we love him. And you know, we love the dunks and everything, but uh, definitely um, feeling more. Yeah, he, he's struggling and, and feeling more like a, a third string guy. So, you know, we, we still love our man Eubanks and we hope that he can, you know, start really kind of getting in the rotation. Because if he's if he's playing smart and can feel comfortable, I think he can still be an effective big. Um, but at the same time, I still think that we probably even even if that is the case, it's kind of like, OK, well, still Eubanks' ceiling is our third string center because it mm-hmm. looks like I mean, Zach's going to be better than him. Yock's yeah. better than him, and it looks like Jock's better than him too. And they're all bigger than him. So I mean, we need we need Doug McDermott and Zach Collins back. Like when I saw the injury report, I was like, man, imagine if we had those dudes playing consistently. That's two more like front court three point shooters, and that is what we need. <laughs> so I mean, we need we need other things too, um, but that that would be very helpful as well. You know, we don't have to have front court shooters, but it, it is nice. Yeah. And when you, when you, when everyone else is struggling offensively, Drew is completely eliminated. Like yeah. he gets a lot of his points from hustle and just being open because everybody else is demanding so much defensive attention that he's just, he's open. And him, he doesn't need that much space to take off. Yeah. Exactly. He's a rim runner. He's yeah. not going to do anything else but rim yeah. run. And Mace, my guy, yeah, we were, I did put it at 10 o'clock, but I just wasn't sure when this game was going to end. So, you know, we we tried to go on earlier and yet, thank you. You can catch it on the pod. Yes, my man. Um, What else was I going to say? Okay. So here's kind of my final thought. And I want to talk about this contests, shot contests. I feel like so many times tonight we just like, okay, we'll just put a hand up. And if it's like relatively close to them, oh, that's good defense. Like they don't, and I know you don't want to jump into somebody and foul, but like you can be a little bit more physical and like, you know, and once again, yeah, I am, these dudes are all better than basketball. I don't want to lecture these dudes on how to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like they should yes. be lecturing me. But at the same time, watching the game, it's like these guys, if you just put a little bit more jump into that, you might, you'd have, you would mess up their shot and disrupt their shot so much more. And it was just like tonight, they were just letting them take those open threes or open mid range. And it was just like, yeah, I'll put my hand up here. But that was it. You know, there wasn't really any physicality on defense or, you know, going really trying to get a block. Um, So that was, that was really tough. That was really tough. What do you think about that? Because I feel like that's been like a little thing all season, but tonight mm-hmm. it was just killer because they were going crazy. Yeah, we're not closing out well at all. It's it's pretty obvious. Um, like you said, it feels like we're playing at the park and everybody's just like, eh, I'm going to let yeah. you shoot, so I'm just going to yeah. put my hand up, you yeah. know, give them some respect. But, you know, the, the referees are swallowing the whistles this year, so we should really be taking advantage of that, getting up in, in them a little bit more than maybe what we're used to. Maybe that's an adjustment we need to make. Because in years past, you really that was what you had to do, or else you were going to get, you know, whistled for a uh, shooting foul. So, I don't know. You're definitely right, though. The aggression as far as closing out on on shots is not there. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens next game. This was not a good game for the Spurs, but we've also seen them play a lot better this year. 
Um, I don't think yes. that this game is like, oh, this is what the Spurs are. Um, you know, they got another they got a, they got another opportunity to get uh, some get back like they did against Milwaukee against Dallas this Wednesday. Um, and then we get Orlando, Oklahoma City and Sacramento, which will be a nice mm-hmm. breather after the beginning of this year. Um, so I think that, you know, we got a shot to go four and oh in these next two games um, or next couple games. And you got Dallas actually twice. I don't think that we're going to beat them twice, just being completely honest. But if we can get one of those Dallas games and win all three of those, uh, the Orlando, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento, um, I think that would be huge for just the guys' confidence and you know just knowing that this team is kind of in the right headspace and at the right place and that this Indiana game was just kind of an outlier. But you know, even though I'm saying that, I'm not convinced that they're going to beat Orlando, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento. I'm just not because we've seen games like this um, Mm -hmm. and other games this year as well. So I'm really interested to see kind of what happens um, in those couple games. Uh, So we will have to see. We will have to see. Um, We may be a lottery team, M Easy, and will. We do need a top five pick would be nice. Like if we end up sucking, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad at all because I think we're learning that like, DeJounte can be like a you know a guy like he's worthy of that contract he can kind of be our our franchise point guard um and you know we're just learning more and more this year about this team and Sacramento is doing good yeah so that's a team that could beat us my man cats so uh we'll, we'll have to see what happens um just moving forward but hopefully this isn't the team I think that this team can still be a play-in team um if they just when they, they just got to be consistent and that's mm-hmm. hard to ask of young guys but we will have to see we will have as, to see as bad as they played tonight we saw we we were all in this chat saying we were playoff bound after that first win <laughs> you know what i'm saying everybody in here talking about how bad we played the night y'all were all saying the exact opposite when we beat the hey, crap so were we the team. so, so were we, we. Yeah. We're, we're fans we overreact so maybe we could do a little bit better we're probably right in the middle we're not as bad as this. We're not as good as what we were. We're somewhere in the middle. So hopefully we can uh, we can make some improvements to, as we as we move along. Yeah, yeah. This would be nice. Um, I hope that we. I really hope that we can get that all time record this year. That honestly should just be our goal. Yeah, that should be our goal this year. Is just get pop the all time record. Whatever happens after that, who cares? Because like Will says here, we we probably would get beat in the play and if we made it. Um, yeah. And so Troy Mendoza, thank you for being in here. Um, yeah, it would be freaking nice if we had Chet Holmgren. Uh, we'll it would be to, nice. We'll, but, you know, he he's going to be up there, up there. So we would have to have some lottery luck on top of being bad um, to get him. Uh, but let's see. Is there anything else that I'm seeing here? Yeah, uh, this is a real tough. This is a real tough thing, too, that, you know, they didn't even have Brogdon. This was not, you know, there are even more guys hurt on this Pacers team. So definitely, uh, would you say this is our worst performance of the year? I would definitely say so. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I'm just looked at all our other games. This is by far our worst performance of the year. So the roller coaster is real, <laughs> as our man chilling with cats says. That is yes, a great way. Is. That is a great way to put it. But I think that's going to wrap up today's episode, Ethan. Um, any any final thoughts on this game or message to SSPN? Anything uh, as we wrap this one up? Still waiting on you, Derek. 
come on home come back yeah <laughs> now that that is actually yeah we need him to play up to his contract because if he was playing up to his contract the spurs wouldn't have very many problems um they might have they might have they would have a very different record in my opinion but just to wrap up uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel if you want to keep up with the episodes, know when they're out and stuff. You can obviously subscribe to the channel and all that stuff, and we usually have the section that says upcoming live streams. But you can also follow us on Twitter. That's where I post all of the podcast information. If you missed that, you want to listen to it on your morning drive or afternoon drive, whatever it may be. Um, and you can also catch us on SpursTube TV um, whenever we are there. But with that being said, thank you guys. Uh, Josh Primo is the greatest player of all time, and we'll see y'all later.